Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball, our weekly MLB recap podcast. Where myself and comedian Mike Bryanstein sit down with you, have a good old time, nerd on some stats, and just uh, I can't even I can't even do the whole spiel. I'm too I'm too damn excited, and we have a very special guest with us here today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brendan McGowan. How are you, buddy? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. This on, is our uh, on this day of days. This day of days. Uh, <laughs> game one of the World Series starts tonight. This is our what? World Series. What? Preview episode. What? Which, let's be honest. I'm sorry if you're a Cleveland Indians fan and you're listening to this, hoping to hear a lot of Indians talk. You've come to the wrong place, and I won't not feel hurt if you decide to turn us off right now. If it makes you feel, if it makes you feel better, they've turned ESPN and MLB into the Andrew Miller Network. Pretty much, yeah. He's well, he's pretty great. But yeah, they've been talking a lot about that. We have so much to talk about today. Uh, we wanted Brendan on the podcast, and we're using Brido's equipment, so if the sound is just a little different, I think I sound great in my ears right now. You do. Uh, your hair looks great. Your up. voice That's is great. great. I haven't even showered or anything. I, however, am a fucking mess. No, Brendan. No, I'm wearing no. cargo sweatpant shorts. So That's a great purchase. That's a great By the pickup. Way, I would love for cargo to come back, because the number of times I am like sans a pocket. Who, say, who says it's not? It should, because... I carry things. We carry our chargers with us now. Mm-hmm. It's not just phone wall. Cargo sweatshirts. Shorts. Yeah. And you those, look comfortable. Are th- those are three words that usually don't go together. But no. guess what? You're pulling it off. I prefer the bold gambit. <laughs> yeah, we're bold. So the three of us watched game six together. We've been watching mm-hmm. a lot of the playoffs together. Uh, we're going to recap the series that was between the Chicago Cubs and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Go game by game. But before we kick off, I, I want to kind of open up with a statement here. As diehard Chicago Cubs fans, I'm sure Brendan McGowan, who's on our Cubs chain, you've been referenced on this podcast many a time, Brendan. And Mike Bridenstine here. You guys could relate to what I'm about to say. I feel the Chicago Cubs fan base, too many of them for too long, have always kind of had this doubt. I've famously been telling people, don't knock on wood anymore. We have smart people in charge. I stopped knocking on wood before the 2015 season. And I don't believe in jinxes. I don't think I have to sit in the same seat for nine innings. I don't think Dexter Fowler cares you know, how I tie my shoes. I don't, you know, I it hasn't helped me before. It does, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing too. And I remember when people said, Oh, uh, Vegas has us as the odds on favorite at the start of the year. Doesn't that make you feel nervous? I'm like, as opposed to all the years Vegas didn't have us and we didn't do shit. Like, what does that matter? And I noticed during this last series and even in the San Francisco series, there's a few moments. There were moments where in the past, the Cubs fan base would have said, okay, here it is. The other shoe is about to fall. Wilson Contreras just had a catcher's interference. Damn it. Oh, no. This is going to be bad. Um, Javier Baez just had an error. He hasn't had an error. The whole playoffs, he's been so spectacular. Oh, no. Here it comes. Aroldis Chapman just walked a guy in the ninth. Oh, no. Like, you could see it on some fans. But overall, the fan base has been a lot better at not letting those moments get to them. They haven't just let that feeling sink in of here we go again. And that, that is what I'm the most happy about because those moments didn't happen. Hendricks gave up a, a rocket of a base hit to start the game. First, First pitch. pitch. Next pitch, double play. We're right yeah. back in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what this team believes, and they never believe they're out of it. And it's nice that the fan base is starting to take on that winning culture that Theo Jett and Joe Madden wanted to instill. This is different than, let's say, 2008 when that grand slam is given up by Dempster, I want to say. I believe it was Dempster. I remember we were up 2 nothing because DeRosa hit an opposite field two-run homer, and then later we get a grand I kn- slam. I James knew. Loney, right? In in hindsight, I knew that the series was fucked. It felt like it. Brian Dempster was on MLB Network talking about that, how in 08, like when they went down, you just felt the Wrigley just die in their seats. And they and cut like, to... What they, are you guys doing? They did that classic hackneyed cut to Cubs fans in the audience looking like 
miserable. Yeah. I hate like that cut. Just died. I hate that cut. You know, like, but I mean, it's part of the story. And if you look at, okay, I watched, uh, I, I made the mistake of rewatching Catching Hell. That was an ugly day at Wrigley. I remember you telling us that you were watching <laughs> Catching Hell because... And my wife was like, I don't know I if this is Summer a good idea. I watched Catch that night, and I think you might have made a better choice. I never saw a movie before. I watched Major League last oh, night because oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like that movie ever again after this series. I mean, I'm very confident the Cubs will win, but, you know. No, I get you on that I one. had to get it, like, one last spin <laughs> before I go crazy and get real mad. For me, though, the, the panic Cubs, oh, no, this is a terrible thing died um, after I read a lot of what the players had to say following last year's playoffs. Um, and then this year, I have a person who, who I have a roommate, essentially. I don't know why I started to say that in the wrong, in the wrong way. Who is a diehard Giants fan. We were watching game four of the NLDS this year. And when it went to the ninth and they went to Romo, he was pacing and nervous and said, they're going to blow this. And I just said, it's flipped. Yeah, you These get to Cubs see the other side. Made yeah. everyone else the panicked Cubs fan. What have I that's been, how yeah. good this team is. That's, that's awesome to be able to see that perspective because I've been saying amongst us since the playoffs started, I said it actually right around when we clinched the division in mid-September. Our other buddy, Matt Dwyer, was like, who do we want to face in the playoffs? Do we match up against this? Who do we want? Who do we want? And, I, and I did think about it because it's natural as a fan. You want to get an idea of, of who course you want. Of course you wanted the Mets. I mean, not you. I'm saying like as a, as a Cubs fan, that's the easier. Yes, but then I also said to myself, I don't care. We are the ones that knock. Yes. We are the danger, to quote Breaking Bad. Yeah. I, the rest of the league doesn't want to face us, and we have to get used to that. And it is something that's crazy, and this is what I really wanted to get to, too, before we just start to have a free-for-all and, and, and talk the nonsense we normally talk when we hang out together was that nobody really knew how to respond. I remember a lot of people saying, like, we, we've never, we're going to the World Series? The yeah. Cubs are going to the World Series for the first time in 71 years? Nobody really knew how to react. So that's what I think my favorite thing I've seen amongst Cubs fans have been, what did you do? This is almost like well, we were our all Kennedy like we assassination on 9-11. Where were you? How did you react? We should do a full disclosure and say that the three of us were together. We were yes. together. And, but I also, I knew how we all did. <laughs> I want to start off with Brendan. I want... What was your what was going through your brain when that double play was turned? Well, I actually going into the top of that inning, I texted seven different groups of people, "I love you," because I wanted to just get it out of the way, uh, and then watch that inning. Because I mean, that game was over, you know. Yeah, and I'm glad you had that confidence. You yeah. at one point counted outs, and I remember Brido having a flashback to maybe 03. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they first started saying five outs. Yeah. Famously, people in that one documentary were like, I never heard an announcer count outs before. That sounded weird. Yeah, on Catching Hell, they were like, and you never want to count outs. And I started getting texts from my brother-in-law that was like, this many outs to go. And I was just like, it would just make me a lot more comfortable. (laughs) But I mean, you know, they faced the minimum. That that was amazing. It couldn't have gone any better. It's crazy that that flew under the radar because of how shelled Kershaw got. Um they faced the absolute minimum I know. in that game. So I, I mean, batters. no one, no one got to second base. Nobody even got to second. Kyle Hendricks has got 
We've known he's been really good this whole season. I feel like the national audience now has to really appreciate him. I appreciate even more. That dude didn't even have sweat on his neck right. when he came to bat in the seventh inning. He's, he retired 17 in a row. He looks like a robot, point. dude. He doesn't emote up it, there. It was, yeah. He it, was amazing. I'm such a huge fan of that dude's now, and I'm so glad that he did that on that stage. That was one of the most clutch pitching performances in Chicago baseball history. It looks like the game Chicago is— Chicago sports history when you think of it that way. It looks like he experiences every game that he plays in entirely inside his inside of himself. That was, like the the way that he doesn't react, the way that it's just him. He's like watching Sunday Tiger Woods, man. Just like it's just me against the course, you know. Yeah, it's crazy to watch that dude pitch. He was locked in, and it was um, a it's a, it's a lot different than let's say Lackey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who is also? I, I don't care. I love it. Well, I, love I love that whole deal. Yeah, because the mix. Like, you got to have a mix like that. They didn't turn it around until he started screaming the f word in everyone's face in the dugout <laughs> yeah. in L.A. I mean, that was that was a big part of that that game getting turned around, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I mean, I texted a bunch of people. Um, I got a couple of texts that were amazing and really made me feel great. Um, and and then I just started looking up information about the Cleveland Indians because yeah four more and then it's done it was uh I mean Brido your turn what uh what was going through your brain right as the last inning was unfolding dumb shit that I didn't really say out loud till it was over when it was three to nothing I started to fucking worry because of the game three because of that scarred me so much I know it did you know what's so funny to me about it is and because in your personal and your life outside of baseball, you don't believe in fairy tales and voodoo and magic and all that other stuff. Of course not. But, uh, you know, life gives you experiences and then it guards you emotionally to pain and to stupid stuff like that. So when it was four to nothing, I think Contreras hit the home run to, oh, make, it, yeah. to make it four to nothing. And I was like, OK, then we got through the eighth. And I was like, okay, this is all stupid shit, right? Yeah. But By the way, we got a double play to get out of the eighth. Brilliantly turned by Javier Baez. Remember, it was a low uh, liner that he scooped instead yeah. of pushing on the fly. The, um, so the ninth inning, Russell to Baez to Rizzo, was like a bizarro world to me where Alex Gonzalez, and then um, this purged it for me so let, I can mention it. This newer, purged it. Real quick, we might have some younger listeners. Remind them who Alex Gonzalez is and what he did. He was a gold glove shor uh, shortstop for the Cubs in 2003 who made an error that would... After the Bartman play. After the, yeah, after the Bartman play that would have got the Cubs out of that inning leading 3-1, to one, and then Joe Borowski would have uh, you know, hypothetically come in in the ninth. <laughs> this sounds so stupid, I right? Joe, Joe Borowski. <laughs> the Polish wonder. So... It would have gone. No, this is going to sound so stupid. Fuck it that team. But like <laughs> Alex Gonzalez to Mark Grezelanek over to Karos, who was playing first at the time. I was mad That's at the Dodgers. Team. I was mad at the Dodgers for bringing out Eric Karos and Steve Garvey, being like two Dodger greats. Yeah, for Game Five they did that. I was, two, very, I was also very mad. Yeah, about we two all at that two game. We Dodger greats. Places, it's like that's not what the fuck this is. Yeah, we should have brought I liked Mark your, I liked your reaction. Six. I liked your reaction, which was we should have a empty yellow chair throughout the first pitch for Game Six. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah so for Dodger me, Dodger fans suck. Can I make fun of them before you finish that? You guys are the worst. I can't stand Dodger fans. Dodger dogs are an atrocity. They suck. They're, they're uh, offensive to anybody who likes in case meats. Um, your fan base blows. It's a great place if you want to see a clinic of people wearing triple XL plain white t-shirts. But <laughs> 
<laughs> they get there. This is playoff baseball. They get there in the second and third inning. They're leaving in the sixth. They want to start the wave. They want to throw beach balls around. And I do know a handful of really good Dodger fans. You know, I don't. You don't have to do the not all cops thing with me right now. You know what I'm talking about. I know. I know very. I know, I know, I know a few. I know, I know a few very solid Dodger fans, and those are the people I feel bad for. Um, Going into that series, I mean, I got tickets face value off of Dodgers.com the night yeah, before too. Game yeah. 5 of the NLDS. Like they Which were incredible. Uh, Cubs tickets for the NLCS were going for like $15,000, some of them, on StubHub. It's crazy. So, I mean... We couldn't have gotten one game for the three total that we... Oh, no, yeah. I mean, I, we paid $86 to sit behind home plate in Game 5 of the NLCS. It's crazy. I mean, it was really uh, ridiculous. That's unbelievable. So that w- that jumped out to me right away as this is very strange that these tickets are still available on this website. Um, and I was just like, I'm excited for a good series. I live here. I've I've met a lot of Dodger fans. Um, I, and it's got to suck to not be able to get your team on television in the majority of this that, city. That does suck. Like, I've always felt really bad for them about that. I think it's super unfair. And then we got there, and I spent three games of the NLCS watching them show up late to maybe win the National League pennant. For the first time since 88. Yeah. Show up late, talk about how I'm going to get my ass kicked in the parking lot after the game, or probably stabbed. And just like, that's where you start your your shit talk in these seats. Fuck you then. I'm not going to say a word, and I'm just going to watch the game, and I'm going to... Subtweet all of you um, <laughs> throwing fucking beach balls. I got hit in the head with a beach ball during the NLCS. I was watching <laughs> the NLCS, and a stranger was like, oh, "I'm going to distract him from our great game." Fuck you, pal. Yeah. Like, what is what is this? And there, and like every time a thing would happen that would infuriate me about a Dodger fan. Like when I got hit in the head with the beach ball, that Dodger fan who was super annoying because he wouldn't stop yelling oh, Dodgers yeah, in the yeah. last game we went to, he did yell, pop that thing with a fucking needle. And I, heard him, like, I heard him say that, yeah. That was like, okay, you're cool with me forever. Sure, yeah. But, um, and this is not to say that there, there are idiots in all fan bases. Yeah, I mean, but I just felt like this, this is, was the playoff. This is rampant. I got, fans, but come on. Not no, no, no. And, 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 yeah. and just in and, and complete honesty, we I saw some guys, yeah. awful Cubs fans. Yeah, those dudes that were walking adjacent to us out of the stadium after game five were some of the worst fucking people. And they were just yelling Cubs shit that made no sense. They weren't funny. They were just loud and, and mean. Some and people don't like, know how to watch games on the road. I think there's a certain etiquette you need to have as an oh, away yeah. fan. You could cheer yeah. when your team does good, but you do not want to get I mean, your, your guest in, in someone else's house. Someone got in our face and said, go home, and that sort of thing. Like, I felt... You're like, I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah, yeah I, I felt not incredibly safe the entire time that I was wearing Cub stuff at that, at you, that stadium. You were telling us that you almost... Did you wear Cub stuff to Game 5? Because you were considering no, that. No, he did not. No. I didn't even notice that. Wow. Yeah. I wore it to uh, our, our TV... Uh, appearance. That's right. We'll talk about the TV appearance in a little bit. Yeah, uh, I did. I cut you off before you could finish your thoughts about the night. So, pen. so for me, it was it was a bizarre world where I got to see not only what 2003 would have looked like if it had gone like well, and then I thought started thinking to myself like this team is so much better than that team. So An 88 better. win team. 88 wins. Yeah. Like, Don't forget that. That team really fell I, into the division. Early, early on in the season, I went back and, and watched because during 2003, my dad and I uh, picked up some, some of his, uh, a friend of his from the East Coast uh, and that guy's son and drove to Boston, or Boston, drove to Milwaukee and watched Boston Brewers. Then that night, drove back to Chicago and watched Cubs Yankees. And that was 
the prior game of that series where the night game that prior started struck out 12 Yankees. Borowski won it on a pickoff throw to first. Um, whole place was electric and crazy. And I rewatched that game because it was like my top five moments at Wrigley Field. Uh, I rewatched it on YouTube early on this season. I was like, I fucking hate so many guys on this team watching this now. Just like none of them looked like they were having fun. It's crazy to watch this Cubs team be young, fun, energetic, play the way really they the want to play. The pitching staff carried that 03 team. Yeah, and dude. the addition of Kenny Lofton. Lofton and Randall Simon brought some fun to the team yes. late in the year. Uh, they picked up Doug Lanville on the waiver wire in August, I think, and he just got, got in under the playoff roster that year. He had a big but triple. A he had a big triple. He had a in big triple in the uh, game four in Florida, I believe. There was, you know, they were but it was a fun all like pitching a lot staff. Of just but you're like right. A lot of free agents who didn't give a Zolonic, shit. Yeah. Is he fun? Come I could on. tell that that. Moise Salou is definitely not fun. Sosa's not really wasn't fun at that point. Sosa's not. Nobody in the clubhouse likes Sosa. They did not like Sosa. That looked like a really toxic clubhouse. and it was With Dusty Baker. Yeah. There's so much that's like, in retrospect, unfun about that team. Um, that, and I'm saying this obviously only because the Cubs are in the World Series right now. I am glad that 03 team didn't go. Uh, to wow. the World Series. I, can, I can never say that. Yeah. I can never actually I say that. I could never though. say that. I say that now because this team because, is this know, good. I got but you, like but. watching it again, like, just like, I don't know. It man. feels better with this team. I know what you're saying. I mean, because this. Uh, That's a team that wound up turning on Steve Stone and, yeah. and calling him on the, like, not that season, but uh, that's the same the very next manager. Season was, yeah. Like, you run off Steve Stone, the best color guy in baseball because you're not playing well. And Fuck it you, ruined man. Stone. He became better Whatever. not as good with the White Sox, I thought. I thought he lost some of his. I, uh, oh, brilliance. I disagree. I disagree with that. I, I think, I, I think he's, more. he's not as difficult good. to listen to because of the guy next to him. Maybe, yeah, I guess you're only as good as your partner sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, though, to me. So you got to see the reverse of I got to go check on Todd Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see what would... It is amazing to see what would have happened in 03. But with a better group of guys, like we're Way saying. Better. And so that kind of purged for me all of the things that I needed to be purged. Such a great game. I am too young to remember 84, but that looked brutal. Yeah. To be a part of. It was yeah. like a week and a half old, so I don't really remember it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were like a few months, yeah. So. Yeah, I, like, I we grew were, up hearing about 84. Like, that's the one yeah. I hear about. Yeah, Our, 84 like, was... People talk about 89, just like, it sucked to see that Grand Slam and like... 89 was... Okay, I, that's like, I'm nine years old for that. Uh, that was a fun team for me because it was like veterans. They had... Girardi was a rookie. Grace. Uh, Grace was in the second year. Second year yeah. And then Jerome Walton and Dwight Smith are one two in uh rookie of the year voting. They they had some like you know, it was like a young fun team, Sandberg, you know, Dawson. It was just Mitch they, Williams was the trade for uh, Palmero. Yeah. We got Palmero out of there. That got, rookie of the year award reminds me you could get some duds out of that rookie of the year award. I mean Jerome Walton had a nice year, Dwight Smith had a nice year, but every now and then it's just a bad crop. Because, you know, you think rookie of the year, oh, well, why weren't they good the next year? Whatever uh, happened to Drum Walton, Dwight Smith? You, you know, remind yourself, Chris Coughlin uh, also won a, a bad crop or a situational, a, a, a situational guy that they don't scout as hard because was the kid, he's going to come off the bench every now and again. You know, it's it's, I a, mean, it's a weird award. It was a weird team. Craig Biggio was a good rookie that year. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> he was a catcher. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so 89 is just like the thing that's most famous about that is Grace had a good series and uh, – Will Clark and Greg Maddox are the reason that pitchers and catchers cover their mouths now on the mound. Because Will Clark read Greg Maddox's mouth. He had six RBIs in that ga- RBI in that game in the fourth inning. 
You know what's amazing to me is that it took till 1989 for someone to realize maybe we should cover our mouths when we speak up here. That's what's great about this sport, man. Like, <laughs> it took till 1989. Like it's everyone talks about the sabermetrics revolution, and it's like, well, wait until Statcast numbers come in right. at the end of this year. It's <clears throat> going to change all over again. It is. It I is love incredible. it, man. It's I mean, great. You know, Mickey Mantle had that quote. It's amazing how little you know about the game you played your whole life. I just itched my dick. I felt like you glanced down and looked. Oh, at I didn't right see up. that. No, eighty nine though. Okay, yeah. So eighty nine, <laughs> they start. They don't cover their mouths. I don't know. It's the first full year Wrigley Field had lights. Yeah. yeah I mean, so I feel like eighty four because it was a collapse. Oh three was it was collapsed, and, and sixty nine. I think sixty nine. Even though they didn't even go to the playoffs, they would have. Dude, been they the missed the playoffs by so many games. Eight I grew games, up hearing about the sixty nine Cubs yeah, for so long, yeah. and then I looked at their numbers and it's just like, what are you talking about? That started the culture there were 92 of. Games. The Cubs starting hot and then falling off, which would happen often. Yeah, they were in first that, place in 87 when they finished in last place. 77 was a year like that, 2001, they, they were in really first place. Year, I would say 79, there was a really bad collapse as well. Uh-huh. Um, well, that started the whole um, Cubs completely useless by September, yeah. people would say it stood for. But that really lend truth. Oh, I've to never heard so that before. Many people, you never heard that one before. No, so that's a many, good acronym. Yeah, like Ford. <laughs> that's a really good one. Like they had it for Ford cars too. I heard friendly day, coffin like, for the first time too. Yeah, and I, some, I was telling these guys a story about how I went to a White Sox game once, like when I was a senior in high school. I want to say I was wearing a Cubs visor backwards. They tell you how douchey I was when I was in high school. And these socks. Oh, like all high schoolers? Who cares? It wasn't a Cubs yet. That's the time you're supposed to be a douchebag. Yes. Did you want to be cool in high school? Everybody kind of did, right? I mean, I was considered cool, but I was a douche. (laughs) You could be a cool. Douchebags usually are cool in high school. The bigger the the douche, the cooler the the guy. The cooler the guy, yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, so this guy's, it wasn't even a Cubs Sox game. It was a Sox Mariners. And I was wearing the Cubs hat, and these guys were giving me a hard time saying, Wrigley Field, oh, the the friendly coffin, which I never heard because it was the friendly confines. And then I just turned around because they were talking about 1908, and I said, hey, 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 you should have seen that 1908 team. Unbelievable. <laughs> Tinker's Divers a chance, fantastic. Then they like knew, okay, this guy's got a sense of humor because I'm bragging about how good the 1908 team was. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were fantastic. And, uh, you know. but Three, I, Three Finger Brown, you got to throw him in Mordecai. there. Mordecai. Mordecai, Peter Name my son Mordecai. Oh. So let's talk yeah, more about the, the turning points in this series. Uh, the series started off with a bang. Very exciting. You know, the Lester versus Kenta Maeda matchup. And Maeda is, you made a good point when we were watching Maeda. It's hard game to six, believe, but I would. Game five. Yeah. Maeda is a top 15 pitcher in the league. He's in the top fe- top 15 in war in the National League and FIP and ERA. There are about 10, 11 pitchers who can say that. Yeah. And so you're, you're right. The only reason I just. Brendan and I both were like, no way when you said they may be top 20, was because He's he not, looks so hittable. Yeah. He does. And, and it's it's also just He was like the best pitcher in Japan. Recent, like recent. Oh, I don't give a fuck. All we, <laughs> all we were thinking about were like the recent starts we had seen him have. Yeah. The guy ran out of gas in September. He did um, a lot they in have, the first full they, season. They have a shorter season in they Japan. Yeah. And the travel, too. People forget Japan as a country is the size of California. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, you're not flying from New York to L.A. or D.C. to whatever. You know what I mean? You're, I mean, yeah, American players trips. bitch about the travel, too, getting in at 4 in the morning. And yeah, well, Japan's all in one time zone, you know? Oh, so. I'm sure it's terrible. It's always rising sun time. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, the thing about Maeda, though... And that whole Dodgers staff, they were getting pulled early all season. That, no, he made uh, more pitching changes than anybody in the history of baseball, Dave Roberts. And that's the, I think, I believe, I saw this, uh, uh, that is the first pitching staff where the starters 
put in fewer innings than the bullpen across the season. I believe I saw that, yeah. So Overworked bullpen, yeah. Overworked bullpen, and you've got one of your... I mean, that, that rotation was also... I mean, they tried to bring in a guy who... They started four rookies in a row once. Yeah. They all won. I mean, so many injuries. Had, it's crazy. They had Rich Hill, who had a really solid year. They you know, just got him, though. Stuff. They just got him, sure. I'm talking about for the playoff run, obviously. Oh, oh, they, oh. It was a smart move on Rich Hill. And after... Starting a 20-year-old. The Cubs, so the Cubs, yeah. They started, yeah, Urias, a 20-year-old. Is it Urias? Did I say that right? First time? Wow, normally I butcher that name three or four times. I think it's Urias. Urias? Okay. I've always heard Urias. Urias? Okay, well, I did butcher it. Either way. the So here was the, the moment in this series... The turning point moment, I guess you want to say, was game four because we went down 2-1. We got shut out back-to-back games. I remember after we lost game one, one to nothing to Kershaw. It's like, all right, that was Kershaw. Game that's, two. Game two, I'm sorry. We lost game two, one to nothing to Kershaw. I was like, all right, well, that's Kershaw. It's tied 1-1. Still so much confidence. Then when we got shut out by Rich Hill, it was like, all right, this is getting bad. Addison Russell cannot buy a hit. He, yeah. Not only that, but he looked bad while doing it. Yeah. And then you have uh, Rizzo, who was struggling. Rizzo was time. Rizzo was bad too. I think my whole thing was at that point Hayward wasn't looking so bad because I think he had maybe two hits. He might have. Yeah, he, I know had, he had a big a, triple. He had a big triple in yeah. game one, and then I think he had like a flare single. I think he has. I think he's like three for forty. Don't he got and he got intentionally walked in game one. That by the way was that's I, so that was, insane. That was that, bad managing by Roberts. That was unbelievable. They intentionally walked Hayward Hayward to get to Javi. And Coughlin was also intentionally walked in that inning. Yet, for the sole purpose of forcing Madden's yeah, hand yeah, on... to get rid of Chapman. Rid of Chapman. And That's if you were to say so to me, weird. like, okay, Montero's hitting, you wouldn't have guessed in a million years. I wouldn't have guessed a grand slam. But it's no, still a I bad mean, I wouldn't strategy, have guessed that Joe yeah. Blanton would throw three thigh-high sliders that are broken. Three please-crush-me sliders? Yeah, I, I want to die. Please kill me. Just He was like, I oh, is that fat. Montero up there or Kevorkian? The Let's pit, do it. The, <laughs> the, the pitch before that was would have been hit onto Sheffield for sure yeah. if he had connected. Yeah, and it's funny. We discovered that Joe Blanton was bad. Like We kind of knew that. I know he had a good season. Yeah, me, they're set up guy. There are still some bull. That's what bullpen is so tricky, and bullpen numbers are you know always. It's always a bit. small sample size. It's, yeah, and it's one of those things too where you could just be put in the right situations forever. That doesn't mean you know some some average fan or analyst would be like, well, he had a two four five ERA on the season. He must be great. Let's put him up against the Cubs one two three and watch him get lit up because he spent his season facing you know scrubs in the back end of games and all that. Kind I of think stuff. You could, uh, you know, I think now is a good enough time that to just bring up one of their relievers that's near and dear to my heart. And that would be, I'll get to it eventually. Uh, Pedro Baez. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I said that Javier Baez was everything that's right with baseball. Pedro Baez is everything that's wrong with baseball. I mean, when Joe Buck is <laughs> saying... That was uh, his best called game, Joe Buck. Yeah, absolutely. When he said, this Pedro Baez is... Hard to watch. Difficult, difficult to watch. To and watch. he took so much time with that sentence. Because he which had is the like, time. <laughs> it's a double burn. It's a double burn. It was yeah. great. I was blown away by Joe Buck. Um, because he, he, I don't think he would ever, I never thought that he would say something about how someone is bad for the game. Yeah, you because he's kind of people kind of associate Joe Buck with like you know a corporatist type of announcer. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh That's, yeah, just I'm, I'm he the, seems like an extension of the commissioner's office yeah, when he calls various, baseball games. You're right. He's um, establishment. 
He took 30 seconds between pitches with no one on base. Yeah, 30 seconds was better. I count, I was at a game where I counted 45 seconds. 45 oh. seconds between pitches. When that pitch clock comes, he's done. And also, that is a guy who gets torched in the playoffs. Not just this year when he gave up that... Um, he gave up some bombs to Addison, right? Uh, Rizzo hit the Rizzo home hit run. a home run off of and it. And this is what I was going to say, my turning point, because that was game four when he hit that home run. I think that, that didn't give us like a – we already had a couple run lead going to that. Yeah, for me it was hitting having Montgomery hit for himself. And then getting a base hit. Getting a base hit. <laughs> I remember getting a text going, why in the hell is – and then the next text was, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, I'm on like eight or nine group text messages and stuff like that. It's uh, That was the real turning point because the bats had the bats had not – they, they hadn't scored in, what, 21 innings yeah. until... And relief pitchers knocking in a run. I mean... Yeah, that, that, that's that was, yeah. that was... I have confidence in this team's going to win. I mean, all of that was important. That entire decision, to me, was as important as the bunt single... Oh, with Zobrist? By Zobrist. That, yeah. was that. that was one of the things that got... It jump-started the offense. But yeah. I wanted to go to the Rizzo-Pedro Baez at bat because if you remember... And I don't think this is... I can't remember the last time I've ever seen this. This might be the first time I've ever seen this. Oh. He hit a home run foul yeah. off of Baez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then two pitches later, hit a home run. You're Normal. forgetting the pitch in between. He had to uh, run to first <laughs> because yeah. he thought he walked. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's, so you never see that. Normally when a guy – there's a couple things that happen. When a guy hits a home run foul, he doesn't get a home run in that same at bat. No. Because it's just, all right, you just missed it. It mm-hmm. almost never – only idiot fans will think, oh, come on. All right, just strain it out now. Just straight, Like that's easy to do. I yeah. always think that's funny when I hear someone in the crowd go, all right, you just got to straighten it out. Like, I mean, you're not lining up a putt. You're trying to hit a home run. Yeah. So, and then and then the next pitch looked like ball four. I think it might have been. Doesn't get called. And he does the whole bat toss thing, which umpires usually hate. So they're like, all right, damn it. Anything close is going to Especially know, that umpire. Especially Angel Hernandez. And then the next pitch, he just crushes out to center, right center field. And I never, right there, I'm like, okay, that really made me think. I, I was kind of well, anyway. Also, that, that was, was also such a moment. Such a terrible pitch, because if you look at where the catcher set up, it was he missed at it. or above the letters, and that pitch was at the waist. Rizzo Not, loves a waist high pitch. Ninety-six miles an hour down the middle at the waist. I mean, it was unbelievable. You don't need Ma- you don't so need hot. Caesar's bat to hit that yeah, one. Yeah, he out. switched to Matt Caesar's bat famously. Um, but I want to go back real quick to Angel Hernandez because I think he had a great. Um, he did a great job that entire. That kind series. of endeared me to, to him, even I, that like that, that exchange s- between him and Rizzo. Something that I completely Rizzo missed being yeah. being at the when you're at the game. There's stuff that you you know you're in the environment of the fans. You pick up on like shit that's going on, but you completely miss a lot of yeah the the little nuance. Stuff. Just the last time I'll mention the Bartman game. I, my buddy came over after that game. I had watched it on TV. He was there, and he was like, "What was everybody yelling about?" Well, I would not even notice. No, because he was like he wasn't in the bleachers and he wasn't on that. So he was on the other side. You know, I was in the street and we didn't really know exactly what was going on either because I was on Sheffield instead of Waveland back in two thousand three when that happened. So I was yeah. in my little... basement and I knew what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the so you miss stuff when you when you're not watching on TV. Like I didn't know that uh, Rizzo had that exchange with with Hernandez at all. Rizzo, yeah, I mean, he came up to him. They had like him mic'd or uh, Hernandez mic'd, and Rizzo was just like, "Hey, I just want to say sorry about that one. You know, I didn't want to." And he's like, "No, are you kidding me?" And, and Hernandez was great about it. He's like, "You're out here competing. I didn't take offense to that. And you know what? You don't even have to say you're sorry. 
you're a good man, and uh, it just shows what a good guy you are for saying. You like, it felt like Anhol was like, "Hey, man, I got a daughter. You want a banger?" Like, it looked like he was <laughs> he like loved Rizzo for doing. I have that. a dumb question. This is well. Let me really quickly yeah. speak to why I hated Angel Hernandez until I saw that footage after the game. I, I rewatched uh, in a tight playoff run. Angel Hernandez blew a call at home plate where Ron Coomer clearly scored, and Hernandez called oh, him out. And then during the seventh inning stretch, 1985 Chicago Bear Steve Mungo McMichael was going to sing "Take Me Out to the." Fame. Yeah. Yes, indeed, was singing "Take Me Out to the Ball." He was the Four game. Horsemen. Yep. He said, uh, "All right, Cub fans, let me hear you." By the way, me and that umpire are going to have some speaks after the game. The stare down then begins between McMichael and Angel Hernandez, who throws him out of Wrigley Field. Ejects Michael McMichael from the broadcast booth while he's singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." People hilarious. started throwing batteries from, like, took batteries out of the radios they brought with them to listen to the radio broadcast <laughs> and threw them at Angel Hernandez. That was such an incredible. I remember watching that game at home. You know, that was like oh one, I want to say. Mm. So I think it was like sixteen, and. It was incredible because the, the umpire turned around and looked into the press box and went and get that you're out of here. That's, that's almost unprecedented. That's and then they like they sent a bunch of security guys there to tar- throw him out, and he said, "I'll be at Murphy's Bleachers," and he just or the Cubby Bear, I want to yeah. say, and he just went and got drunk because that's you know that's what he does. He's fun. Um, but yeah, that so umpire, I mean, he him made as a guy it. that like blew a call, then stole fun from us. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then that whole exchange, I was just like, all right. Yeah, you know what? Okay. It's, uh, it's and it's like I got of, you. You know, you can make up for things in the past. I've told we've often talked about clutch all season long, whether it's a thing or not. And Kershaw had that dominant game too, and everyone's like, "Hey, Kershaw's gotten over it." And it's like you're clutch till you're not clutch. Well, say what you uh, the thing that you read about why he couldn't go game five. Well, I heard uh, um, that the reason he didn't go game five was because he wasn't physically able. And the reason that he didn't throw a lot of curveballs in game two was because he wasn't physically able. Um, and that's like his go-to. Yes, that's his wipeout pitch. I yeah. mean, there's a reason that so many hits were on 0-2 counts during game six. Um, he didn't have the curveball. And, yeah. and they were sitting slider that'll be broken down the heart of the plate, which he, they got some. And they were sitting fastball. Um was this stuff demonstrably better in Sorry, game guys, I had to get two? Up fucking lizard tried to get back in again. Uh, I think that they got solid contact in game two. That just didn't, uh, just didn't I, I even looked at the, you know, I mean, it was just bad Babbitt. Um, yeah, Zobris squared up a couple balls, or no? Did he have a couple pop ups in that game too? Yeah, though, he he, just he, so... he squared them up, and they were just at at. Okay, the, yeah. His curveball looked better in game. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. I have to believe that Kershaw wasn't 100. percent Well, and also going into that game, fastball is 96. Going into that game, they weren't told he's not going to throw the curveball for a strike. Don't even think about it. Just look fastball like they were told in game six because that's what the advanced scouts apparently were, were telling them. What was great about that approach, and Dave Roberts was first to mention how amazing that approach was by the Cubs, was that <coughs> Dave Roberts um, – I'm sorry, I got distracted. Who, by the way, is the NL manager of Oh, the absolutely. Year. He had to deal with all those injuries. He did whatever it took to get that far. You got to tip your hat to him. Yeah. I like people who are like, hey, these are my hot hands. I'm going to ride them in the playoffs because it's a short series, and you never know what's going to happen. Anyhow, though, the approach was – 
Look, let's look fastball and let's look away. If you notice, Fowler leading off. Brian, Brian, Brian rolled double opposite Brian, field. Yep. Brian's base hit took a 96 mile an hour fastball on the outside corner and served it down the right field line. He went up there with that approach in mind. Mm-hmm. So right there, we got out first, one nothing. Then, you know, Rizzo squared up that ball. Tolls totally should have had it. Terrible play on his part. You literally saw him take his eyes off of it. Well, what's interesting about that ball, too, is it was a screamer. Brian was around second when that um, bad um, error was made by Tolls. So, I mean, is that he was thinking they don't trust Tolls' arm to get him at first? Is that why he's so far around Could second be. base? I Could mean, because he he's gone with a real left fielder. Yeah, so I, mean, I think he thought that was a hit. I Tol- think he thought that was getting down. Tolls is uh, an excellent hitter, and he had a and he had a great series at the plate. His arm is bagging groceries still. Yeah. <laughs> if those of you don't a, know, that's a great Tolls joke was that I tweeted last week. Working at a Costco. <laughs> I thought I said it. Months ago. <laughs> we, we have an audience now. Mm. <laughs> just so you guys know, if I'm a little paranoid, I don't mean to be, but I when I just let my dog back in, that lizard was near the house again. Well, is it? And I threw the lizard deep into the lawn, and now it's crawling back here. I mean, there was a. Li- I didn't tell you guys this. Yesterday, I got home from work, and I t- I kicked my shoes off, kicked my pants off, and in my bare sock, I stepped on something in my bathroom as I'm about to drop my pants to take a poop. And as I stepped on it, I'm like, "What the fuck is under my foot?" I then opened my like lifted my foot up, and a lizard scurried underneath my garbage can in my bathroom. Freaked me out. I screamed at it. You're not supposed to be here. It didn't get the message. I then had to like get it into a corner, and I was able to take a, a plastic grocery bag pick it up and then i chucked it outside i didn't want to kill the thing but i said never come back and now it looks like it's trying to make its way back do i kill it this time no or no i don't want to kill a lizard they're nice um i pick it up what do i do this time i pick it up and i throw it across the street make it even harder for it to come back this way uh, or do i put it in my car and drive it into another neighborhood because this is getting out of control <laughs> right i don't it's it's a really i'm sorry let's, i mean maybe maybe cup. look up what they eat and see if there's anything in this house that is drawing the lizard to the home, um, but the the Sorry. Dodgers. The other thing about the Dodgers is, I mean, look, Kershaw got blasted and gave up a lot of runs. But even if they had replaced him, that game was lost in the first inning because they were behind pitches. on ninety mile an hour fastballs. They couldn't get the bat around on Hendricks's ninety mile an hour fastballs. He's, he's, yeah, he's so well. he, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, they, I mean, I, mean, I know why it was coming, happening, but it, yeah. when they can't catch up to. 90, he's killing him with a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Did you see that Jack Peterson? Oh, yeah. High and outside. Oh. That, guy's, that guy's got a lot of work to do in the offseason. He does. Jack he's Peterson? Yeah. They um, got, they, the Dodgers have they're two of their best players in the playoffs. Is that, the one, is that the one where... Uh, they got some things to look at. Was that the one where Contreras was standing? He was standing up. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you just throw a high fastball or a low changeup change to Jack Peterson... They just knew. And he's going to swing and miss. He can hit the ball a mile, too. When he makes contact. That Rizzo home run, to me, that was so beautiful because it was such a short. Like I couldn't believe it. Stro- I couldn't stroke, believe it. He just almost like one-armed that. And that was a 94, 93-mile-an-hour fastball low and in. I thought maybe it was a slider that just didn't yeah. slide. I feel worse no, for Kershaw the more I see his reaction to that. Oh, man. He, felt, he looked like he was crumbling up like a high school kid who just blew the state championship. In fairness, you know, Kershaw could have. If Baez hits that ball out, it's 2-1 to one Cubs. Yeah. It could have it could have easily been the same sort of. I mean, he thought it was gone. By and, and didn't you say that on that typically on that exit velocity it goes out. Roberts thought it was time. gone. It, that is a hit ninety percent of the time. And it's a home run sixty two. Yep. Yeah, that ball was smoked. All right, um, the on field celebration was amazing. You, the three of us jumping up and down. Yep. You got some champagne, which was awesome of you. 
Uh, we really then we then we celebrated with Taco Bell, which was awesome of you, Brendan. Hey, and, anytime. And it, was, it was just incredible, delicious to, treat. It was incredible to watch just seeing these players because to me it's always been about this team. And one of the reasons I I love a good hype video, but I don't like any hype videos that start off with like black and white footage of the right. Cubs from yesteryear. I Do, don't care. If you want to put right in, now. if you want to put in Harry Carey saying, "As sure as God created green apples, the Cubs will make it to the World Series," that's fine. Sure. I will accept I'll, that. I'll accept that. But don't start with the black cat going to. Pass I don't give Santa. a shit about Don't Kingman. show me Bartman. Don't show <laughs> me like I don't want to see. I really don't care about this narrative of like. All these old people <laughs> and the history and then this. Stop living in the past. Do you remember when we were watching that documentary that that uh, actor made that was just on Fox Sports? Yeah. I, I ended up watching that because mm. it was actually pretty good mm. and entertaining. The one guy, the, the bleacher preacher, yes. his father's last words on earth are, we got to get rid of Kingman. <laughs> <laughs> That his father that. passed away. Kingman sold a lot of tickets in those days. We though, got those were some get... bad Cubs teams where he was the only thing worth watching. He hit the second farthest home run I've ever seen at Wrigley Field, like on a video. I, I my first big Glen Allen Hills is like bonkers. I, many people think his ball went farther. Yeah, because yeah. it was still. My dad said that ball was still rising as it was going down Kenmore. Kenmore is a street that runs in yeah, the way. Yeah, line. yeah. And many people believe it hit the third. It hit the third house along. That's Kenmore what. I, that's what there. they say. Yeah. yeah. I, which is incredible. One I mean, is I've more, seen highlights of Kingman bombs. They do have a different trajectory. There's a lot of players that are in that mold now. Like he's a Mark Trumbo. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of two Gallo. Those players yeah. have been more accepted nowadays. I feel like. Yeah. Well, well true depends, outcome guys. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. depends what you compliment them with. If you compliment them with a bunch I of, I fucking scrubs, love Trumbo. Yeah. It's gonna I fucking annoy you. love Mark Trumbo, and I know his uh, war numbers are not great. Yeah. I don't care. I love watching that dude. Then you would mash a tater. And you would love Dave Kingman. No. <laughs> Why don't you like Dave Kingman? You didn't get to I see him hear, play. You were you I retired before he you. Was, uh, Doesn't he have the most strikeouts in the history of baseball? Or Reg- I've Reg- heard, I think Bobby Bonds does. Reggie Jackson? I've Reggie heard Jackson that he's a real uh, asshole to everybody oh, okay. that's ever met him. Uh, I have not heard that about Mark Trumbo. <laughs> Well, if, you know, Dave Kingman is just synonymous with shit. Yeah. Um, I hope you never meet Mark Trumbo. I don't no, want that to be taken meet. away from you. Don't have heroes. You <laughs> know what I mean? I'm just, heroes, yes. I'm just waiting for somebody to blow it. But I, I Anthony ho- Rizzo's my hero. I hope you meet Kingman. Oh, I hope he listens to this, comes to my house, and beats the shit out of me. <laughs> he lives next door to you, Because I'd me? get hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, John Lester could be considered a hero, too. Let's talk about Lester's performance. Lester and Baez were co-MVPs. I want to start off with Lester, though. Fowler had the best series across the board. You think so? I think big moments, like total bases, RBIs in the games. You want to go game moments? Two two amazing catches in game one. Yeah. Yeah. Broke his belt. Home run off the next pitch was hidden. Like I said. It was hidden, but that's still a homer. Like I said, there will one day be a really shitty bar next to Wrigley Field called Fowler's Belt. That's great. There should be a constellation named that. Fowler's is what they call his fan base. (laughs) And Schwarber's going to hit it tonight. Wow. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm saving that. Uh, So you think Fowler should have won MVP? Um, if you looked at overall offensive yeah. statistics, if you're just going on offense, well, I thought, Anthony Rizzo I thought Frankie, I thought Frankie Lindor should have won MVP in the American League. I think that they are giving Baez and Lester the co-MVP as a kind of a combo of the NLDS. I think so, too, because Baez was so incredible in the NLDS that it's like, oh, he should get recognized. He still had a great NLCS, though. If you look he, at the numbers, he, he had like a 900 OPS and <clears throat> played great defense. Did he have a 900 OPS? I think it was 880, but I rounded up because right. I'm not a dick. 
Um, so <laughs> I, overall, I would. You I know, mean, the OPS was Rizzo was one point zero one out. Rizzo had which a is better. I think considering how he started I, the series, I think the best was Fowler. I think second best was Rizzo, and I think that Baez was third. Okay. If you add defense into that, then Baez. you get rid of Rizzo yeah. and you put me and you say, is it Baez or Fowler? You could still make the case. Lester was pitching. What is zero point eight six ERA? Yeah. His pitching, and this is what I wanted to get to. Lester mm-hmm. should be talked about like Madison Bumgarner's talked about. If you look at, I read this on Fangraphs. Did you see that article on Fangraphs? No. Their playoff numbers, you could really argue Lester's are better overall. Yeah. Overall playoff numbers, Lester, I mean, all the advanced <coughs> metrics and everything. And Lester has like 25 more playoff innings. I always thought of like Randy Johnson as this great playoff performer. And I looked at his like stats. He yeah. Was, yeah, it's pretty not great. I think people wrote off Lester or just didn't notice how dominant he was. Like he had the one world. He got fucked in that A's Royals t- game. The A's Royals game. Because his catcher got card. injured and they brought in a guy who can't throw anybody out. Nor can he. And so they just ran all over him. Yeah, the Royals really exploited that. But that was like his one game where you're like, ooh, that was terrible. You know, and then that's he, the first time anybody ever noticed the thing. Yeah, and then they looked it up and they're like, wait a minute, he didn't throw it at first. He went yeah. an entire season without checking a runner at first. Yeah, and the Which players needed, couldn't believe it. And he had a two four ERA that year. That's what always annoyed me about the national narrative. They're like, oh, yeah, Lester, he's real good. He can't even throw it at first base. I'm like, he had a two four ERA in the American League. His FIP was like two point five zero in the American League. I don't know WAR. I think he was top ten for sure. If you got those two numbers, you got to be top ten. I'm assuming. Um, I didn't look that up, but if, if your was, FIP is top ten, your WAR is probably top times? ten. I mean, who I, gives a shit? If someone says that about Lester, if that's their complaint, no, it wasn't fuck just him. someone. It was the whole fucking national narrative yeah, about him. It wasn't just the Sun Times. That's true. It, that's what it was so annoying to me because I'm like, why do you guys keep looking at the fact that they steal bases? Do they score? Is what I want to know. Greg Maddox gets stolen on all the time, and he said, I don't give a shit. They end up on third base. I walk into the dugout. It's fine. Also, you can't steal first. That's Yeah, that's the biggest thing. That's what people don't ever want to realize. Yeah. Although the Indians are a base-stealing machine of a team. Well, they can have fun with that. Yeah. I, I mean... The best tagger in the game is at second. Yeah. And we have Ross and Contreras who could throw. My only thing is now... Contreras can, in fact... Throw. He has got a gun. He probably it's has interesting better to see. Anyone. He wants to. Yes. It's weird. He's like, picked off Turner at second base. And that he game. gets that up. Amazing. He gets up to throw when no one's on base. Yeah. Yeah. It's just He's just instinct. ready. He jumps. It's uh. So we've had these three catchers. All three of them hit a home run, which is incredible. First yeah. time ever. The First time three ever. catchers for one team have hit a home run in the playoffs. <laughs> but going into the World Series now, I don't want to see Miguel Montero. Unless it's like a pinch hit where we like the matchup. I love you think Arietta. You said Arietta lost. Who said Arietta lost his personal catcher privileges? Yeah, when you because he lost Game Three to Rich Hill and he gave up. It was one of his worst pitch games. Yeah. Of the last two years, they said. If you go by game score on Fangraphs, they said it's like one of his top five worst. That pitch was games in the that last was years. just a perfect storm of Arietta at his absolute uh, basement. Yes. Our so hitters, now I'm really confident Arietta having a great game on tomorrow night. He's yeah. going to want to redeem himself. Because well, Arietta all year, whenever he's had a bad game, the next game's been really good. Because he'll have a bad game, and then fans will be like, uh-oh, is this the Baltimore Arietta? Like the dumb fans who just are stupid. I get that shit all the and time. And then the from... next game, he goes one earned in seven innings and looks awesome again. Yeah. So I'm very confident Jake Arietta. He's sleeveless. It's about 40 degrees. Is it? Gonna, what's the temperature tonight? It's fucking Cleveland? cold. I don't know. Is it going to be chilly? It's cold. It's high 40s. Should we just get right into the Schwarber talk? Should we start talking about Kyle Schwarber right now? Speaking of Ohio. 45 minutes into it. Let's talk about this. Uh, this season, though, I'll tell you. So it, it was heartbreak early on when Kyle Schwarber goes down in the third game of the season, torn ACL, MCL, when he collided with Dexter Fowler in the deep alleys of uh, Bank One Ballpark in Arizona. Is it still called Bank One? 
it's called bank one for the sake of this. I'm on a roll here. Why am I cutting myself off? Mm. And uh, it was tragic because Kyle Schwarber was the hero of last year's playoffs, the 2015 playoffs, where he set in one playoffs, became the all-time Cubs playoff home run leader when he hit five home runs, had a 1.357 OPS, mm-hmm. was just bashing the ball all over the place, mm-hmm. hit my favorite home run of all time in the wild card game. Oh, my yes. Hit one on top of the scoreboard against the Cardinals. He sure did. believe it. Clubbed a couple <laughs> in the Mets series. Too. Yeah. He's the, only one, he's the only one that was really hitting. He's, I think he's really the only one that did hit in the Mets series. And, uh, and now we're finding out that he is back. He is starting at DH. We don't know where in the lineup. I'm managing like six or seven. I seven. think five. I think they put him five. Really? That is so ballsy. They I must know something five. that I don't. Of course they do. Of course they know something that we don't. That's true. They, and here's what right. I think They've they know. it all year. One, he's ready. Two, Kluber doesn't have velocity. So timing is not going to be as big of an issue tonight, and you cannot let them win the Kluber game because this Indians team... But the Kluber game is 1-4 and 7. Exactly. If they lose one of those Kluber games, this series is over. They know that Schwarber can run into one of those fucking balls. All right, man. You're pumped. You sold me on that. I am pumped! I just think we need to take one out of two in Cleveland. Like if we, as long as we take one out of two, I don't care if it's tonight or tomorrow. That's my goal. If I, I want to win them both, but the, the key is just Schwarber's no, gonna just call down Goddardamarung on Corey Kluber. I'm telling you right now, they don't. This look, they're loyal, but they're not loyal to a fault. This has been a, like you said, it's a pro wrestling narrative. This entire it season. is a pro wrestling Starting narrative with as well. And spring training. Also, guess where guess where uh, Schwarber's from. Ohio. Oh, H. Oh, no. Guess, uh, guess the another, the another fun, another fun narrative is that yeah. we're facing. I was got there. You're going to say he made his major league debut against the Indians and hit his first career home run off of the guy they just brought off the DL. Really now. And we're facing the guy that we refused to get so we could keep him. Andrew That's Miller. True. That's true. Yeah. So here's where the, some of the national narrative is. I think most people, Fangraph sent someone to scout the two games, and the guy from Fangraph says he's ready. And we we all he said his timing was a little bit off. He didn't know about he can't run for shit. Maybe okay. and you didn't did you read the article or were you just talking? I read the, both <laughs> both articles. Well, how he, well, he said he was ready in both articles. So what he you, said what he endorsed. He said he endorsed it. He yeah. endorsed it. I'm saying the, the what the minus is he's given. Yeah. Okay, so right, fair enough. It felt like you, I'm like okay. It sounded like you only read the one article. No, I read both. I read both. You read both? Okay. So, in my... Because he doesn't need to run, though. (laughs) And he doesn't need... Well, he might need to lay out a double, which he did. He laid out a double yesterday. They could pinch around for him. Also... In the later... In the later... This is a right-hand heavy Indians team. Uh, I think... Isn't Miller and the rookie they brought up... Uh, Merritt? Merritt. I think Miller and Merritt are the only left-handed pitchers they have on the team. So... So Miller will only affect us if they bring him in late in a game or if it's in a situation. They're going to bring him in the fifth. They're going to bring him in the fifth. His numbers are better against... Start the fifth? They're going to bring him in to start the fifth. This is what I'm building up to. His numbers are better against right-handed hitters than they are left-handed hitters. I'd still would pinch hit Schwarber against Miller late in a game. You would? Yeah, I don't want a lefty. That's what I'm saying. That's why you... You bring in Schwarber DH because you need a lefty because this team is right-hand heavy and one of their two lefties is worse against left-handed hitters. Okay. It's not going to be Coughlin and it's not going to be LaStella and it's not going to be Hayward. Yeah, Solaire is righty though. Oh, right. I mean, the only, but, the only change from this roster from to the NLCS to this roster is Rob Zuzinski. Is we dropped him down and brought Schwarber up. Who didn't make an appearance in the game. Who didn't make an appearance and was only there because he's a lefty and the Dodgers Dodgers notoriously are terrible against lefties. So, and my other thing is this. This is a a front office and an organization that has made decisions that I didn't trust and they proved me wrong. He had a 110 exit velo off of one of his hits. Yes. 
Shorebird. So yes. that tells me. I mean, one ten is <laughs> one ten. That home run would Contreras, that be the highest of the season if that was in a regular season game by Stanley? Dude, what, what? Okay, so con- Contreras's was what one hundred seven. The home run off of. Uh, of uh, off of Kershaw. Kershaw in Game Six was 107. That was scorched, scorched. Find the Statcast leaders. Um, my my thing is this: they, I, this a, is a front office that is that is loyal, uh, but never to a fault. Um, they were loyal to Joe Madden when they were like, "Okay, you can start Listella against Garrett Cole." Fine. Um, they were loyal to Joe Madden when he said, "I think Javier Baez is going to be a big deal. Hang on to him." Um, and just let him play the way he wants to play. And the strikeout rate will go down. And it did. Um, they were loyal to Chris Coughlin when he was the worst position player, I believe, in all of baseball, um, if not in the bottom five. They went and traded for him because they knew he was probably suicidal. Because imagine being the worst guy in baseball and you play for the Oakland Athletics where sewage can come out onto the field. <laughs> I mean, they make these decisions... <clears throat> 120 was for, the highest exit velocity for the season. Jesus Christ. Who, Stanton. Stanton. Oh, yeah, it had course, to be Stanton. Times, yeah. <laughs> the Stanton Talked of the opera. Nine times has done it, yeah. Um, but this is, this is a front office that has made decisions um, that are both about loyalty and winning. And I do not believe for a second they would have added Kyle Schwarber to this World Series roster if he couldn't contribute. Mash a tater into fucking orbit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I'm excited yeah. about it. I um, going back to some of the national thoughts on it, where I don't think they were thinking. They're just like, oh, you're taking the bets away from this guy or that guy or anything like that. I don't really view it that way. You're right. If Theo Lineups and out. Jed believe, all right, read it off, buddy. Batting first in center field is Dexter Fowler. Batting second at third base is Chris Bryant. Batting third at first base is Anthony Rizzo. Batting fourth in left field is Ben Zobrist. Batting He's in left, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Batting fifth at designated hitter is Kyle <laughs> Schwarber. Wow, you called that. Did you know that beforehand? No, you I didn't. saucy no, little minx? I did not. He was uh, batting what, I know second? That, I, know that I saw Buster only tweet that looked for him in the middle of the lineup. Okay. Um, Batting sixth at second base is Javi Baez. Batting seventh in right field is Chris Coughlin. Batting eighth what? at shortstop is Addison Russell. Batting ninth at catcher is David Ross. We should look up Coughlin's numbers against Corey Kluber. I yeah, think. maybe they faced when he was with Oakland this year. Maybe he had one of his good games against Left him. off of that is Contreras. Is that correct? Yes. Hayward's on the bench and Contreras. Hayward and Contreras are both I on the bench. I kind of knew Contreras would be in the bench, though, because... Say Lester goes seven and you want to bring in a bullpen, that's when you bring Contreras in. How fast would it be to find out his slash line against uh, Kluber? I'm looking it up Coughlin now. Coughlin versus Kluber? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like you got that Jason Worth versus Kershaw thing then that we found out in game five. I, Coughlin in right. Okay, so Almora wasn't hitting for shit. Soler wasn't hitting for shit. Also, oh, Coughlin's a lefty. Both of those guys are righties. Yeah. And I, I mean... I think so they you like, want to keep the righties on the bench. I think they like. I mean, also this is all, all of this is dictate what they are going to do with their bullpen starting in the fifth inning. So you mentioned. I want to get back to this. Lefty righty. Andrew lefty Miller's righty. coming in in the fifth inning. He's not he, their closer. I know he's not their closer. Right. I right, watch right. baseball. Have we met? 
I'm saying, I know they've used him in the fifth inning several times before, but they bring him in the fifth inning when the game is on the line. Chris Coughlin is they, one. Has he been brought into the fifth inning with nobody on base to start the fifth inning? He has not been brought in in the same way that Kenley was brought in in game six. They've always been up when they've brought him in. And the, usually the other team gets a runner or two on base. Correct, yeah. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my point was, if they need to bring Miller in in the fifth inning to face Schwarber, this was what I was getting at because, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Buster only, Peter Gammons, who really is brutal nowadays. Have you heard Peter Gammons lately? It's not the same Peter Gammons. not the same Peter Games. I don't even think he watches the game anymore because he's making references where I'm like, oh, he hasn't been following. He's lost. He a, he's lost a bunch he, of steps. He has, which is, is expected. He's had a good career, but it's time to go. Anyhow, sorry, I didn't mean to be rude to you right there. They mentioned, well, they're just going to bring Miller into face Schwarber. I'm like, yeah, but that'll be later in the game. Or if they do bring him in, in the fifth inning when it matters, because we'll have a couple runners on base. And I'm, if if they if Terry Francona Tito wants to bring in Andrew Miller in the middle of the fifth inning when the Cubs have runners in second and third and one out, and we have to pinch hit. For Schwarber, for Solaire, that's a good thing. That means something has been going right in that game. You know what I mean? Also, Miller is not <clears throat> invincible. He's not invincible, no. I mean... He's been invincible. He's been invincible. Yes, the, the Indians have not been favored in any of the series that they've played. Yes, they swept Boston. Oh, yeah. and oh, they, they didn't sweep uh, Toronto. Sorry, that was in four. But or five. Andrew Miller will give up a dinger. Just like, you know, Max Scherzer will give up a dinger. Can you imagine Max Scherzer coming in in the fifth inning in relief anywhere in the fucking baseball no. with, like, four great pitches. Andrew Miller is not that. He's a failed starter. He's a relief pitcher. He's not even a closer. He's the best long relief guy in baseball. Yes, yeah. My thing is, though, it reminds me of what you said going into the Dodgers series. You said something like Kershaw and Jansen have – they what were they like sixty percent of the? They outs were sixty percent of the innings. Like and yeah, and you were like that is not sustainable. You right. texted us that, and it kind yeah. of makes me think what Andrew Miller's done is not sustainable either. Also, Kluber on like without five days rest has been bad, and he was bad in Game Four of. Well, uh, he have five days rest now. He, yeah, but they're but You're they're talking about games. I'm talking about games four and seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, Coughlin is one for three. I can't tell if it was an extra base hit or what because when I click on the link that gives me that info, they uh, then th- th- I think it's because I'm on my phone. But he's one for three off of Kluber. And who knows? Those two outs could be sharply hit too. I mean, Theo yeah. and Jed and Madden have all the information. So if they're starting Coughlin, they must like Coughlin. There's there. already a lot of people on Twitter saying this is a terrible idea, and that makes me think it's a great idea. <laughs> Coughlin had a really good month of September. I'm not opposed yeah. to that. I hope he calls they, time and then knocks a fucking dinger. Yeah, I mean. C- yeah, I, that was great. Contreras oh, has a better that. bat, but I get the idea of wanting him to come in at catcher. You know what I mean? And lefty-righty matchups because he's trying to dictate what Francona can do with his bullpen, which is I'm going to make you go batter by batter. From the second you bring out Kluber, you have to go at bat by at bat so that you don't get to get the advantage of clean. I don't want clean innings. I don't want, you know, it's. Yeah, the lefty right. This is, I like it. I like it too. I like it a lot. I I don't know how anybody could still question. I mean, also, Schwarber's going to put the ball in the fucking Cuyahoga. There are still people out there. He's going to set that bitch on fire. If it's the correct direction, I don't know. Good God. There are still people out there who want to question this front office. How could you be it's so? Fun. No, it's fun, man. It's I mean, very it's fun. fun to question people in sports, but I feel like how many times are there still someone out there who's like, we should have got Prince Fielder. Well, what? You, he was 27 <laughs> at the time. And one why? time one time we were doing this sort of thing, and I said, at this point, I stopped questioning them. And you kind of got upset with me, too, because you were like, 
I think that the gist of what you were saying is you're spoiling the fun yes. of having the argument. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I do get that. But now that we're in the World Series, I'm shutting the fuck up. Well, also, <laughs> well, you were spoiling the fun of a podcast is what I meant to say. No, we no, no. That was on, no, that was on uh, text. Was it on a text? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. But this, going back to the narrative that this has been a WWE script, Fowler, this guy who was a huge fan favorite last year, we thought he's gone. He shows up on the first day of spring training. Before that, though, they stole the two, the, the game oh, yeah, one playoff starter. And the highest war. And the, the highest war player from your rival. their hated rival. They kicked their ass and took their girlfriend. That's what they did. That's what we did to the Cardinals. That's how it started. And then on top of that, we go into, and then Fowler comes in wearing a jeans and a t-shirt. And there, uh, even a couple of the players thought he was just saying hi. Never for- they didn't even realized they had signed him. David Ross was just like, cool, man, have fun in Baltimore. And he's like, Baltimore, I'm here, kid. Like, you know, he didn't come kid. <coughs> never, but, you know. Never forget Hayward's face when he sees Fowler. Because they're old friends. They he, he like, played together in high school. It also means he moves back Does, to right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. He's moving to right field. Yes. Imagine if. We had to watch a whole season of this. In center? In center. He's actually an above average center fielder, they say. The, no, I'm a, saying it's more difficult to replace him with someone off the bench. I know. At that position. I yeah. know. Did you read the fan graphs thing about how you can't replace him with anybody and have it really improve? That was a poor, that, that was one of the worst fan graphs articles I've ever read. You know why? Because whenever they brought <laughs> it was up based the off other, projections, too. Yeah, whenever they brought up the other people, they go, well, Wilson Contreras, you're going to start him in, instead? Over 600 bets, he gives you a 1.5 war. And I'm like... What, we're talking about a couple games here. Stop going over 600 at-bats. Some of those nerds are too nerdy for their own good sometimes. It makes no sense in a short series. These are the same guys that scratched their head when the team they projected didn't win 1,000 games. They're like, I don't, I don't understand what happened. It pushed in my calculations, and I never get laid, and I'm a piece of shit. Sorry, right, I just know that article pissed me off. We're there. We we're, made it. We were talking about game one. <laughs> it, the whole thing was talking about benching Hayward for game one. We're like, should we bench Hayward for game one was the question. And they kept going, well, I want to bench Hayward for game one because Hayward gives you a 1.5 over 600 bats. I'm like, oh, is he going to bat 600 times in this game? If he bats 600 times, then that's a hell of a game. We could start my mother. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, sorry, that was just one of the more Wait, annoying is your mom? I don't, I don't want to start your She's mom. She's on the 40 man, okay? I, I mean, I also feel like that's a lot of people <laughs> that don't. That don't realize what you can do defensively with Albert Almora. Um, Yeah, he's great. It's fine. (laughs) It is frustrating, though, that Almora is also over. No, I'm not that frustrated by it. I mean, it's it's seven at-bats. Small sample size. He only struck out on one of those at-bats. Lined out hard in a couple of those at-bats. You know? One of the strikeouts was against Kershaw. I think he had two strikeouts in like seven right at bats. It's, it's you know one of those things. It's I mean, not you, you justifiably. Know, you know what's really frustrating? Anthony Rizzo and and Russell being two for yeah, six. Yeah, rookies that got You're very small amounts of playing time. Yeah, I mean I can't know. really. The three, four, five hitters being. Uh, yeah. Do you know what's crazy? My mom's calling me right now. Yeah, she's telling me she just she's got just called up. She's, she's on the. She's she's playing right. They don't. They don't like Cochran anymore. It's. Really <laughs> Um, sorry, I I had read like six articles this morning. I think I overdid it with how much baseball I consumed this mm-hmm. morning. It's the World Series game I one. Know, I know, but because of that, I have so many strong opinions. As I'm reading this, I'm like, no, fuck you. That's a <laughs> stupid point. No, oh, Peter. You know, I'm like going through it all, like just angered about stuff like yeah. that. Um, all right. So, yeah, thank you for the lineup. I like that. Uh, I'm even more convinced about Schwarber now. Even so, even with, even if he just, he gives you a better at bat. Kyle? He gives you, yeah, Kyle, he gives you a good at bat. He's not a guy who I would just give away w- an at bat. I just really wish Wilson Contreras was in the lineup somewhere. Because he's so hot right now? Because he's 400? It, yeah. And home run off Kershaw. But he's been hitting 400. He's been almost exclusively off left-handers, right? I, not that he can't hit righties. I've no, seen I him hit righties in the regular season. I, I just think that he's... Uh, 
It's the same way I have a feeling about his trajectory. The same way that Javi Baez looks like this was like a coming out party for him. In the same, in this, that guy's gonna which, be so which good. Which only happened, in my opinion, because of the Schwarber injury. Yeah. Or not only happened, but he got a lot more playing time because they yeah. needed to move someone to left field. Yeah, and, and that Baez, someone I think was really often Zobrist or yeah, um, Bryant. Right. Baez is um, well, Zobrist you got for the playoffs. We gave him a four-year contract because he's got great playoff numbers and he's a veteran and he can move around and he's and he he's makes a, contact and he's, he's a, not he's a contact guy. We he, needed that so desperately yes. after last season because instead of having Starlin Castro strike out 150 times, you have Zobrist, one of a handful of players, if that. Maybe there's like two or three guys who walks more than he strikes out. Yep. And he's been there. He's been in the moment before. So that's he's putting up fucking MVP numbers in the first half. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely going to oh, start yeah, there. Yeah. But Baez won that position based off of his defense. We're like, this guy is so yes. good defensively. Even what did Chris Bryant say? Yes. Zobrist is going to left because Soler did not. Soler was banged up in September, never had an opportunity to seize that job. So it's like easy. Zobrist goes to left, which he played a whole season with almost once with Tampa. I think he played, like they said, 110 games. He started in left field one year in like 2011, I want to say. Anyhow, and it's easy to have, you know, Fowler and Hayward. That's set there defensively. Hayward, you, you know, obviously can't hit anymore. So you move him around when you need to. <laughs> And then you had that infield of Bryant, Russell, Fucker Baez. Fucker hit 280 last year. 293. 293. whole season. God damn it. And even his worst seasons where he was still like around 255, 260. He's the one year he had 255, or he had, he had one year I think where he had, one of the year he had 27 home runs, he had a real low batting average. They have fucked with his stance every single year. They say the, it's been changed every year. I read that article too. That's God. a stupid toe tap thing I never liked. He needs to just have like a, a real short stride swing. It's just too. His arms too are too many, long. Maybe like he does a hitch, and then he, he his feet are weird. And it's gonna be a full breakdown in the off season. You're gonna I, tear the whole thing down and rebuild it. I'm gonna say, dude, do what makes you most comfortable in that box. They tried to do that with Castro. Remember, they're twinkling with his swing, and then they finally said, "Let you be you," and then he started to tear it up again. Although last this year he hit it kind of. It just weird. seems strange to me that it's like it's the exact opposite of what they did with Jake Arrieta. Unless the, the pitching is different than oh yeah, the pitching is I it's think. way different. Mm. Yeah, because it's such an unnatural motion that you kind of have to let the person be them. It's really hard to just teach but the guys. It's the guy's hitting 290. Memory. Like you're I like, know, why change it? They thought they could get more power out of him if he got under more. Look pitches. at him. They wanted look him at his body. Fly balls. He should be hitting 30 to 40 home runs. No, yeah, he looks he, like he Dave. He looks like Dave Parker, but like, yeah, like he, a muscular version. I feel like more muscular. Oh, not that Parker wasn't. But again, it'll be a full breakdown. They're going to send him to some guru. It's so amazing. On top of a mountain. You had a bad Jason Hayward, a bad Miguel Montero, and Schwarber. If you would have told me that Jason Hayward would be statistically the second worst hitter of all of baseball with what was his OPS? 590. And <laughs> a gentleman's Montero, 590. Yeah. Thank you. What was his, OP, his OPS plus was like 70? It's it was, so bad. Yeah. It was bad. He was damn bad. Schwarber out for the year. I don't care. Coughlin in right. Hayward terrible. <laughs> Montero terrible. And they would still win 103 games. I would have been like, you're crazy, sir. Yeah. Don't come to my house and lie to me. That's what I would say. All right, what do we want to wrap it up with? Are we going to talk about more mo- moments of jubilation? Um, um, do you want to talk about predictions for this series? I like the Cubs in six. I like the Cubs in five. Okay, I've heard a few people say that. Five. I think I'm saying – by the way, I accurately called the last two series. I did too. Yeah, I said Cubs in four and Cubs in six. So we'll see. I also uh, picked the Cubs to win the division. I mean, so, nice <laughs> call. Did, wow. Way to so, go out on a limb there. So, I mean. <laughs> wire to wire, baby. If we wanted a tiebreaker. Oh, uh, man, this has just been such a great season. I can't get enough of these uh, audio highlights that the radio's been putting together. This is um, just destroying all of my top favorite Cubs moments ever. It's just, it's just, Which just, is what it should be. It should be. 
I mean, it's like, I'm just glad that it's like, this will be the last year as a Cubs fan that I can be this saccharine and like this much of a fucking sap. You know what I mean? Like this emotional about stuff. Um, Cause now we have to be like, Oh yeah, we've been here. Yeah. I'm still going to, and I'm also just glad that it's over. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm loving this, and I'm loving that I'm never going to feel this way again because that's making it so much better. I didn't think the level of fun and storylines would have been able to... T- like, I knew going into 2016, oh, we are going to be amazing. I like us to win the whole damn thing. But I didn't think we were going to be able to top 2015. That's the thing, too. Like this we is, did. This whole thing has been so fun. Also, You like, always called last year the bonus year. Yeah. Which is we like... Because no, we were supposed yeah. to win 82 games. Yeah. I thought we'd win... Like I predicted us to win about 87 and compete for the second one. Do you think 97? We won 87. Theo Epstein's... No, 97. Oh, yeah, Theo Epstein's that, introductory no. press conference as a member of the Chicago Cubs and, and joining the Cubs as the president of baseball operations was five years ago today. That's incredible. Wow. And he said... That's what I loved about this front office... And if you're if, in even four if you're not a, years, dude, even if you're not a baseball fan of those people, they made the playoffs. It's incredible. Even if you're not a baseball fan, if you were just a fan of sports in general, they had a lot of luck with those. You, uh, you those all those the fact that I'm building toward a fucking moment. And both of you have been talking over me. You guys not. I just I'm building to something here. Build it, baby. Jesus Christ. You got it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I will make shit awkward at the dinner table. I'm trying build to it. build to something. Build the thing. I'm trying to let the listeners know, you're a builder. even if you're not a fan of, like, if you're not a diehard baseball fan, if to have a front it. office in any sport, come on and just be this brutally honest and tell you this is the plan. It's going to be painful for a few years, but when the time comes and it all comes and everything fits into place, we're going to have the best this, the best that, the best everything. And when we win a World Series, we're not going to do it because of any one person. We're going to do it together. The Chicago, like, the way they did that. Is I I can't think of another story like this in sports. I can't think of another franchise having this. I can't think of someone saying, "Oh, we, we're going to come into this team and do it with this sport or that sport." It's such a it's bigger than baseball is what I was trying to allude to. Sorry, go ahead. This guys. is I mean, this is when they write the movie about this team, it's going to be as good if not better than Moneyball. The uh, like it's this is a movie script. This team. Uh, Ken Burns is going to have to come out with another inning of his documentary. Just about this World Series, this matchup. Yeah. It's crazy. It's incredible. The the two longest. One we didn't get in 04. The two longest drought. It's one one we didn't get in in 03. 03, yeah. God damn it. I know because we were both so close. I mean, it's also interesting that, like, one of them has to continue and it should be Cleveland. The storylines, the storyline would have been just as interesting to me if it had been Boston Cubs because that entire Boston team is all people that Theo acquired. Right. But, I mean, so it's Theo versus Theo. Well, because then we called it an all Theo All Star game. Remember that, Brian? Yeah. It would have been an all Theo World Series. But it's still facing the manager. You also have Francona involved. Yeah. So there's a lot of great. There's a lot of great in this. This Everything about the like, and seeing, and I posted this on Facebook and on Twitter, but seeing people post these rookie of the year versus major uh, league memes is just like, how do you need to go back to movies from that long ago to make this mean something? Yeah, like I watched Major League because it's a great movie, but also I'm not going to post shit about rookie of the year because fuck that piece of trash movie, and this World Series on its own merits is so amazing. 
that if you need something else, get out of baseball. Stop watching yeah, what it. Else do you I need? don't think those are baseball people that are posting stuff like that, are they? I mean, that just seems like people, like pop culture people who are like, look, it's... I know this from this team. Yeah, they uh, just want to be a part of it. That's really what it is. I mean, those um, are pretty specific. That to, must be nice to be able to just show up now and uh, have a vested interest. There's a lot of people showing up now. It's great. It's great for them. That's uh, fine. Let them spend their money, I guess. Let them feel like they're part of something. But they'll know. We'll know. It's like what I said to the people who were... No, I got text messages. People told me what they thought of me as a Cubs fan. Good, good. After game six. It, I, I'm do good. You, do you remember when I'm I... Not, I'm not nervous or feel weird about... No, I'm not saying you should. I was talking about them. Uh, we know that we'll feel so much better than anybody else. The yeah. same way I was going off on people who remember in game four against the Giants when we made that great comeback, there were people writing off that game in the fourth inning. Dude, there are people who turned that off and went to sleep. Yeah, fourth inning, and people were like, oh, looks like we're going to a game five. And I'm like, you clearly have not watched this team this year. Yeah. They haven't watched the Giants three either. three to one at that point. Yeah, they haven't watched the Giants either. Right? With their <laughs> Do you remember what I said time. to that guy? Who great was, call. Remember that guy who was talking shit not directly to us? He was subtweeting us in person. When he was saying the Giants have not won an elimination game since who gives a shit because they lost one this year. Yeah. But he said, you and I are walking out of um, dogs tickling my feet, walking mm-hmm. out of the stadium in San Francisco after Ooh. game three. He said, if I were a Cubs fan, I'd be shitting my pants right now. And I said, I wouldn't. I root for the best team in baseball and your bullpen can't close for a goddamn. Yeah, I remember saying that. That was great. The next game, what happens? Exactly. Yeah, I mean. That's what's frustrating about this time of year because it's playoff baseball. Everything is the, the it is tense. Everything is just times ten with every moment, every little thing, every little squibble of a you know, like when Tolls dropped that ball, we're like, we got to make him pay for that. Like everything is just magnified. Oh my god! And Lester picking gonna, up that bunt throw in the first. Fans. Yeah, one hop throw. I almost died it. that day. He he had a pretty good glare into the dugout I like too. This. I, could yeah. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. But man, uh, was it as good as his glare at the guys that were TPing his house after Game Six? People TP'd his house? I don't know. Drunk dudes that were... Where do you read this stuff? You always seem to have some story. There's a whole breakdown of the party the Cubs had at Lester's house. Oh, yeah, Eddie Vedder was singing Eddie Vedder was there. Oh. Uh, And he pulled up because... And his wife, like, called him to be like, hey, there's two people TPing the house up front. And he ran outside and just stared at them and they ran off. (laughs) Imagine trying to celebrate the Cubs win with a shitty prank and realizing you're doing it to John Lester. Yeah, that's... You don't want to do... Yeah. Unless you're That's a Sox so fan, and then his sons come out and, and heckle you. Yeah, well, Sox fans need to worry about the fact that that team's going to move to another city after Jerry Reinsdorf passes away and they sell it. So I will laugh so hard when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Dylan. I love you. You can be a Cubs fan. I mean, I don't want it to happen. It's great to have two teams in one city, but... It is great, and I They don't buy tickets, it. and that team doesn't make enough money. Do you know the 1918 Cubs played the World Series in Comiskey? I think I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Why was that? There was a reason for that. Seating. Seating. Okay. That makes sense. I we, guess, we, um, Wiegman Park was like a one-decker. They, I mean, they've changed it a bunch. Yeah, they've added to it and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, I see those old pictures of it, and it looked like an outfield that went on forever. And They, uh, they had those the streets there. The was like up front and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty stupid looking. All right. Well, I want to wrap up the podcast. Uh, we gave our predictions. I'm excited for this. As you guys can tell, you guys are pumped. Indians are going to try and manufacture runs, and they're not going to be able to do it. They are. I think the game plan is to try to run on Lester Ross because that's what people think. But if they've been paying attention, they know no one's been successful doing that. Cubs in five. Do you want pure WWE? Yes. Lester's been fucking with us the whole time. (laughs) And then he he picks somebody off. Dude, don't, don't even... So Lester comes out, and he's just like, fuck you. (laughs) 
And they were like, how did you play this long game? And he's like, ha ha, I got the brains. <laughs> I've been waiting for the right Cerebral moment. assassin. <laughs> yeah, he's been waiting this whole time. He picks off Coco Crisp. This is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, guys. It's, it's, there's a weight off our shoulders, I feel Covered like. Covered in here. goosebumps for days. Because, you know, you and I mentioned this. If they lost to the Dodgers in the NLCS, it would have felt like a failure of a season. Yes. But going I can here, admit, now, I can now admit now that now. Season, regardless of what happens, and we all think we're going to do it, it's not a failure. Mm. You can never no, say a season. And I'm sorry. And also, I'm sorry. I would not have felt like this season was a failure if they had lost to the Dodgers in the NL. CS because you make two NLCSs in a row. Sure. What if they got swept though? I, I still would not have felt like mm. it was a failure. I think I would have had to have called it somewhat. of. A I would have known that uh, Hayward, who they didn't draft and develop was a huge hole. Schwarber didn't play the entire season. Yeah. There true. would have been reasons that I would be okay with it, but also making two straight NLCSs is tough. Yeah. Is exactly what they're trying to do. All they've said is we want consistent success. Yeah. Which because is, the playoffs are a fucking spin of a wheel. They man. really are. They really are. And I think that's why I got. I, I'm such a hypocrite though. Because so another five years of this. Yeah, I was using Fangraphs articles to make my case, and then I was slamming on the ones that didn't make my case. Yeah. So I'm a hypocrite there because the playoffs are a crapshoot, and it's frustrating to see. And and maybe that's what gets annoying this time of year. Like I was saying before with the playoffs, is that all the people who don't watch in the regular season start to watch, and they start to act like, oh, my dad was a Cubs fan, and I was born a Cubs fan. So what if I haven't paid attention until now? And they just, it feels like, no, this is, this is not your party. Yeah. I mean, you're welcome. You're welcome to have some chips. You're welcome to, you know, you can have and have a beer, but when it comes time to celebrating, get the fuck out of my way. There's so many people that think it's football it's or, or the NBA where it's just like, no, there's so many little effort. If there's not effort, and that's the only reason you'd lose. And it's just like, no, no man. Yeah, because right in basketball, <laughs> you could say, hey, you best player on the planet, go take over this game. Yeah. The best player on the planet can't take over a baseball game. Right. Mike Trout's the best player on the planet. Yeah. And we saw what the Angels did. Because Mike Trout doesn't get to bat 27 times. He no. gets to bat four. Right. And if his team's really bad, sometimes three. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, the, Order doesn't go around enough. So that's why it's a different game. In baseball, hot team, the, any team can beat any team. Mm-hmm. They really could. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like they with hockey. A hot goaltending in hockey could stop a great I hockey. I cannot believe the Indians won it. either of those series. Yeah, nobody They didn't just win them, dude. Yeah. I mean, that blue, that, that there were too many blowout games. That Blue Jays series that was... That Blue Jays team is fucking horseshit, by the way. They are so right They look defeated. They, they need look, to balance They look defeated every time they would come up. The, Indian, the Indians are hitting, a, like... 190 as a team. Yes. Yeah, they just had some a few little knocks that landed in there. They got a few. I mean, they got two home runs in that's one series so fun. off a of Coco Crisp. Yeah. You know, they they had you know that's the playoffs that you get those guys where you're like he he did it. I mean, we had him in Montero. Montero, yeah. So I mean, that happens. There's always like a, a Geronimo Baroa or, or like a Jim Layritz. Yeah. There's always one of those guys. Layritz. Don't ever say Jim Layritz to me again. Did he hurt I you? don't actually have a reason. I just wanted to say <laughs> that. It just sounded like it would be, be a fun thing to say. Do we got a story here? No, yeah. there's no context. I'm unwell. Dude, I'm fucking excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I just want to flash forward to this time. Let's. Uh, I want to build a brick wall so I can run through it. Are you? Uh, Let's meet one more time after uh, the series. And Cleveland's going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the note I want to end on right there. Uh, we got we got game one tonight. We got Lester. We got Kluber. Uh, thank you guys for listening to uh, Make sure you watch. Comedians Talking five. Cubs. Comedians Talking Cubs. We will we will talk again next week, regardless of – I'm sure I'm, – I'm, I'm very confident. I'm actually going to be in Chicago, guys. Is there anything you want me to bring back? Yes. I'm going to bring back old style for our buddy Matt Dwyer. He's been bring back a bunch of uh, stuff you, you are handed when the Cubs win the World Series at Wrigley in game five. 
All right, joints and condoms, probably. <laughs> that sounds like a goddamn deal, hot sauce. <laughs> That's what was stuffed in my pockets when I was on the streets on Sheffield in Game Three. I remember someone. This There's so much going on that we didn't even mention. We didn't even me mention weed. WGN an hour and 18 oh, minutes. Oh, all right, cool. That's well. People are going to expect this one to be really big. Oh, this I guess is, we should all post how, that today. By the way, we'll pull, we got to post it again. We got to share it again. It's up to like 180,000 views. By the way, not enough. Can you believe that? That was like their highest viewed video of like the last six months on WGN's uh, Facebook page. 180,000 views. So we got interviewed the three of us. We knew about it ahead of time. Some of my friends were like, "Would they just pick you off the street?" I'm like, "No." And we wrote the segment too. Anyhow. Um, which was great. Now, the guy, Patrick Elroy, really nice guy. My buddy, uh, Pat Tomasula, who does sports for the men in the morning show, he set it up saying, hey, they want some comedians to talk to. I figured I'd get you and a couple of your buddies. And uh, we met outside of Dodger Stadium about four or five hours before game time. I think it was like 12, 30, 1 o'clock. Game was mm-hmm. at 5. Mm-hmm. And you guys, will post that for you. We'll tweet it out to you again. Uh, we had a good time talking about our favorite Cubs players. Uh, very well received. Tons of comments. Yeah, Surprisingly, yeah. I am, uh, yeah, in that video, I am the second fattest I've ever been. Uh so please enjoy that. You look it's a, great. It's a very nice treat. You look uh, great. I got no problem with it. It was just such a I nice would have said no to the video if I was actually worried about people seeing how fat I am. You know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I'm having a party, dude. We are. Dude, we are all out having a party. Like Joe Manon says, you got a party. There's not enough partying. It was, it's going to be great because you posted that great clip, uh, or not great clip, a great Instagram picture of you and your wife at uh, spring training. Yes. Then um, a few of you guys, you, Dwyer, um, opening Dwyer's day. wife, and Brendan at opening day. Yeah. And then us watching game one of the playoffs mm-hmm. and the Giants at your apartment. All these pictures were like, look at this journey that we went on this year. This year. You and I started this podcast covering sports, May, covering baseball. March. Yeah, but we did a preview one week before the season started. So we've been here all season long covering this epic year. We we all watched Cubs baseball for the last five years. And last going into last season, we, you and I, Joe, both knew that this was going to be the year to watch these guys develop and come up. Yes. So we started texting one another. Brido yeah. mm-hmm. and Dwyer were added to that group of people texting about the Chicago Cubs. That, that text group has been... As important to me as anything about watching Cubs baseball. Yeah. It's, it's been delightful to, to be a part of that. Um, even when we go on tangents that are pretty weird. <laughs> we do. We've done uh, a couple of weird ones. We've been you know, questioning what uh, candidates are, certain players prefer, and all sorts of other stupid crap. I have compiled and what else? <laughs> I have compiled a lot of it, and I don't know if you guys have the full exchange from day one. If you do, send it to me. I want to print it. I want to look that up. That'd be a hell of a oh, book. That would be a lot to scroll through. But then it tops off. That's why I wanted to bring up the, the save the WGN thing for the end. I think oh, that's kind of a that. fun book. Yeah, that's but what I'm thinking. It caps off with us on Chicago television talking about this great team. So think about this entire year. This is yeah. going to be one of those things where I'm having a baby in February. Whether it's a boy or a girl, I don't know yet. We're going to be surprised. I'm going to be able to share... All this stuff, these information, and show a TV clip. And I quit say a, I was at Game Five. I was at Game Three in San Fran with Brendan. Like you know, it's it's a lot of fun. I quit a job to start driving for Lyft so that I'd be available to watch Cubs games when they're broadcasted. That is incredible. I mean, that's amazing. This is so great. It's that just, we've been able to do this with, with one another. Those pictures my wife took of the three of us are pretty fantastic. No, I know. Here. Just more memories to add, man. More memories to add. And thank you. Your wife's a great host. Um, I'm sure there's a few times where she's like, these guys are lunatics. She won, She asked me yesterday, uh, when is this over? And I said, November 2nd at the latest. My, my, <laughs> my, my friend scheduled a, a month of travel. Is she really over for it? For October. 
That's fine if she is. She gets she said that she described the three of us as very fragile. I can see Not that. wrong. You know yeah. what? I found myself at one point, and, and tell your wife I, I was I was trying in the best of intentions. At one point I'm like, oh, this can't be too much fun for her. We're crazy. And I think I tried to be like charming and I'm like, I'm just coming off as a fucking douche right now. <laughs> she doesn't understand I've tried to get her to understand. Like she doesn't understand the history. She doesn't have the pain that with the sports team. You know, we we watched the documentary The Thirteenth about uh, the 13th Amendment, and then uh, I tried to lighten the mood by watching like a baseball thing, and afterwards, and I then, thought you were gonna say I want to be like, oh, you think that's bad? Let's watch Catching Hell. <laughs> uh, I did. We watched Catching Hell right after that because I was like, oh, we'll lighten the mood, and then you know the movie starts with somebody being like, I hope you fucking die, Buckner. I hope you fucking die. And she was just like, oh, wouldn't it be such a fucking blessed life if that's all you cared about was whether or not that guy fielded that ball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It does put stuff in perspective. <laughs> um, no, this is the one month where it's the most important thing. It yeah. is. Yeah, that's what I've, I've not been paying. You guys know I'm a big fantasy football guy, and, I'm a, and I've, my fantasy football team, I've lost three games in a row. I have not won in October because I, I just haven't been paying attention. Dude, I haven't watched I don't snap. care about comedy right now. I'm getting comedy tests. It, I, I produce a comedy show, and I have been... Uh, shirking my responsibility. I have another podcast I just haven't done. Yeah, I just I, there's too much going on right now. Um, on that note, uh, l- let's end this podcast there. Uh, for Brennan McGowan, Mike Bridenstine. Well, real, real quick, Brennan, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Uh, I am on Twitter at b comedy. I'm at Brido. I'm and, at Joe Kilgallen. Yeah. Uh, guys, a writer's review on iTunes goes a long way. We're on the Punch Drunk Sports Network, so check out the other podcasts there. And go Cubs! Go Cubs! Go Cubs! Go. Cubs, go.